Hello, and welcome to Remarks and Reflections, a podcast offering insights into topics that are important to the Hillbrook community and the broader worlds of education and parenting. I'm your host, Head of School Mark Silver, and I invite you to join us for what we hope are lively conversations about a whole range of ideas and issues that connect with our vision to inspire children to achieve their dreams and reach beyond themselves to make a difference in the world. Today, I am joined by Associate Head of School Colleen Shilley, who has been leading the CAIS accreditation process for the school. CAIS, or the California Association of Independent Schools, is made up of just over 200 of the leading independent day and boarding schools in California. All member schools have to adhere to a rigorous set of standards that emphasize academic quality, ethical standards, professional growth, and a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Hillbrook has been a CIS school since at least the 1980s, and we have consistently received full-term accreditations. So, Colleen, um, you were you were uh, brave enough to lead this process for us um, <laughs> over the course of the last year. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about the process? And sure. We started the process in the spring, late spring of 2019, um, when we um, reviewed the, the last self-study, which was completed in 2013, uh, and the visiting committee reports, which outlined commendations and recommendations that they gave to us uh, in 2013. And then in June, um, we met with, um, with faculty to kick off the process. And one of the things that we did in that process was group people based on what their interests uh, were for the different program-related chapters, and they uh, began some drafting of those responses. That gave us a lot of really substantive information to start the writing process, uh, which we spent a lot of time doing over the summer of 2019, was writing initial drafts based on the input um, and early drafts of our uh, faculty and employee community. So in terms of helping people visualize this, so right, mm-hmm. so, the, so the self-study itself is something that's created by this, like we created ourselves, and it has kind of six broad sections, right? There's what, yep. mission, program, mm-hmm. financial sustainability, operations, institutional stewardship and leadership, which is kind of a fancy way to talk about governance and institutional improvement and sustainability, which is a f- kind of fancy way to talk about data and, and how you use data to, to drive decision making. So those were kind of the six broad topics. Right. Um, as you said, from a, for in, from the faculty in particular, like they are particularly focused on kind of that program and the program and, side, and which encompasses teaching chapters, and learning yeah. the student experience, faculty and pedagogy uh, and climate and community. So having done accreditations for a number of years, I think this is, this is actually your first time, right, with a CAIS with accreditation. yeah. But so I've done these for years, and the this is the first time though, that we've used this new set of mm-hmm. questions, and it's a much better process, I think, than it used to be back when I was doing this in the late 90s and early, and early 2000s. And so, I mean, some of the questions, there's a whole series of kind of interesting questions. Any of that particularly jumped out at you that were helpful? Yeah, there were a handful of them. I think in particular, the questions that asked the school um, to take into account, not just what it's currently doing, but looking forward and taking into account the future world that we anticipate our students might be living in um, and, and being able to use that lens to describe our curriculum and program to, so to justify the program and the experience we're offering students now for how it's preparing them, not for the world that we currently live in, but for the world that they might live in. Additionally, um, it charged us with the task of pretending we were, uh, a team of campus anthropologists. I love that question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, um, spending time in classrooms, labs, athletic fields and the variety of learning spaces we have to really use that sort of thought experiment to describe the student experience. 
Yeah. Um, the thing that was interesting when I was, I was back rereading. Um, so, so I, th I don't think I've actually mentioned yet, but the accrediting team is visiting on February 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. So we're producing this just a few days before that visit. Um, but so as part of that, I, I went back um, and I was rereading re some of our answers. And I, the one that jumped out at me on the campus anthropologists was, I think one of the great differentiators that I always think of as Hillbrook, where, you know, in their question, they ask, you know, are kids engaged in learning? And while I know at some schools that may actually be a question, you know, it, one of the things that's always most striking to me at Hillbrook is that no matter where you are on campus, kids are deeply engaged in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we definitely noticed from this is um, that the types of learning experiences that students are having are so clearly connected to the school's mission. Um, and the things that we believe about learning and believe about children and childhood. Um, one of the other things that was particularly, uh, I don't know if I would call it surprising, but really interesting and to some extent gratifying was that in the process of a lot of these really thought-provoking and substantive questions that CAIS has redesigned, we found that we actually have a lot of really good writing done on many of these topics already, which I think has given us the opportunity to um, further streamline our language amongst the community and consolidate all of these resources that help us tell our story, story about who we are in a way that's internally and externally really consistent with our mission and vision and the experience we strive to offer students. Yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful moment, I think, for the school, right, as we then, you know, we've been able to use this moment to really reflect on where we are and you know, to kind of, and we can talk in a moment a little bit about some of those things that we see as strengths and then opportunities, but also then it kind of tees us up, right, for that next mm -hmm. phase. And uh, from a timing standpoint, it's been great. We're, we're in the, towards the end of Vision 2020, and so right. we're, we're well positioned for, for the next strategic plan. I, I don't want to miss, one of the other questions that I also loved is, is the one where they say to take, they have us take 10 pictures or a series of videos. Um, so some of the there's some interesting choices there that that I liked. I, one of them was wiggle a wiggle stool, which of course is so perfectly captures the Hillbrook learning spaces. Were there any that any of the pictures that you particularly appreciated? Or? I always am, am such an appreciator of of flag and the jokes that are told at flag. I think laughter is such a critical part of our school experience um, and the experience of childhood, and one that we really strive to offer different ways for children to feel seen and known through laughter. The kindergartners in the garden as well. Um, it is a place where children um, have the gift to being outdoors. We have a beautiful 14 acre campus that children have many ways to explore uh, and the chance to be in the garden and use their hands and see um, both immediate changes that they can make with the work of their hands, but also the change that comes through patience and waiting over time, I think is a beautiful visual symbol of a lot of the work um, that teachers do with children as well. Nice. So, so let's talk. Let's take a moment to talk about, um, you know, what were some of the, you know, one of the one of the big things in the end of this. It's a, a hundred plus page document. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the end, you know, what we're really trying to do is, is synthesize what are our strengths, what are the opportunities for growth. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the things that we identified as strengths? Yeah. Um, so I, I referred to this a little bit earlier, but the the school being a really mission driven institution, um, our decision making and and the the steps we take with innovation in mind are very much anchored in um, who we claim to be in our mission and who we strive to be. Second, and um, I think equally of equal power is the exceptional faculty and staff who um, are committed to a culture of collaboration and co-teaching. 
This is a campus where um, anytime any adult will walk into um, a classroom where children are engaged in learning, no child is ever surprised to see them. And that is not the case at every independent school or every school for that matter. Um, and so the fact that um, the adults have such a strong sense of trust and respect for the talent and skill and expertise that they all bring, I think is a real gift to this community. And then uh, the strong and sustainable financial position. The school has worked really hard to position itself well, both for its current financial spot and also for the future. And perhaps to hopefully not the surprise of anyone in our community, but that relationships are at the core of our culture and our work. We know that um, in order for children in particular to have learning experiences that are meaningful and authentic, um, they need to belong and they need to have a sense of significance and joy in their learning. And that is is one of the things that really shown through brightly in the self-study. Yeah, and it's nice. That it did, and to help, again, to help people who contextualize kind of how we came to those strengths. I mean, as we answered all of these questions throughout the uh throughout the study, they kind of kept asking you in different chapters to circle back and we then pulled out themes and to some degree, not surprisingly, I guess those were themes. Mm -hmm. Those are things that I think we've, we would have said and it's been, it was reaffirming to see them emerge kind of through this Those process. Patterns, absolutely. And then of course there's, there's all, as, as a school that's always committed to getting better um, and, and to asking questions there, you know, there's kind of a series of opportunities mm -hmm. um, that, that we, uh, we're able to identify, maybe name a few of the ones for you that, that seemed most salient. Yeah, I think it's, as we have talked about earlier in this podcast, and, and I think um, when we talk to Marion a little bit that she will mention as well is how might we deepen and extend our work in diversity, equity, and inclusion? Uh, it's uh, something we've made a significant commitment to as a school and, and continue uh, to make strides in and, and continue to need to do a lot of work in. I think... Um, how might we best challenge each child to reach their highest potential in school and in life? Uh, we know that kids come to us and show up at school in a wide variety of readinesses for different types of experiences, and we believe that we can and should offer them um, what they need when they need it. And we are eager to continue looking at how we can tailor our program um, to individuals and groups of children better. Yeah, the, the, for me, the, the, the one that's closely related to that that I know we've talked a lot about as well is about how might we improve feedback mm -hmm. and evaluation systems. And of course, that's both talking about how do we do that with students, yep. but then also how do we do that with adults? How do we create meaningful professional development opportunities for the adults on campus? The other one perhaps worth mentioning um, which emerged was the question about a Hillbrook secondary school. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we've been spending a lot of time talking about. Um, and I'm, I'll be very interested to hear the feedback yeah. from the visiting committee. Um, so why don't we, let's pause for a moment in, in mm -hmm. our conversation. And I think we're going to cut over. Um, we had a chance to speak with Mary Minacho, um, who is the interim executive director of CAIS a little bit earlier. And, and she's going to offer us some insight into CAIS and, and why it's important to be a CAIS accredited school. Uh, thanks for joining, Mary. Absolutely. Great to be here, Mark. I, re I really appreciate it. And just so people know, Mary was a longtime head of school at Trinity School. Um, and then in her retirement, didn't really retire, um, went to become the interim executive director of CAIS and is actually heading off to become the executive director of Isaacs, another accrediting organization in the central state. So first of all, congratulations on that, Mary. 
Uh, Thanks a lot. Yes. Um, And uh, so uh, for most of our listeners, I think they know that we're a CAIS school, but I don't think they really know what that means. Um, So can can you maybe uh, talk a little bit about CAIS and, and the organization? Sure. Sure. So CAIS is an accrediting association for independent schools in California. There are 238 schools uh, in the association, and uh, we've been accrediting schools for a long time. So um, actually, I'm not sure how long Hillbrook has been an accredited member of CAIS. It's been a long time. I I don't know the exact year, but I know it certainly was. I've I've found accreditations all the way back into the 70s. So so we've been accredited for a long and maybe even earlier than that. So CAIS, you know, it's, you know, 200 plus schools from around the state. Um, You know, what makes CAIS accreditation valuable? That's a great question and one that I love being able to answer because it really allows a vehicle for schools to kind of dip into what is important to them uh, strategically and tactically and to be able to get input from outside um, professionals, other other leaders in independent schools to kind of play back to the school. Yes, here's what we're seeing and, and here's what works and then helping you as a school lean forward into strategically what is going to be next best for you. We also supply standards because um, independent schools are exactly that, independent. And so as an association, we've been able to formulate certain standards that we want our schools to adhere to, uh, code of ethics, for example, uh, fundamental membership requirements. It's a way of helping Families and schools themselves know from school to school, there's a level of, of quality that uh, that our schools are being held to. Yeah, I mean, my, my sense, right, has always been that really, if, you, if you're looking for the top private schools in any area, um, you know, you're, you're the places you're going to start are with NAIS schools. And of course, then if you're in California, you're going to be looking at CAIS schools. Accreditation process itself has evolved quite a bit, um, certainly in, in my in my career. Uh, and I know, you know, years ago when we used to do it, it used to feel a little bit like we were just kind of, you know, filling in a form and it felt pretty much just kind of a, a little bit cookie cutter. Right. That's changed dramatically. This is actually the first time that we've gone through the new process. Can, can, can you tell me a little bit about the, about the new process and from your perspective, like how, how it's really improved the accreditation process sure. overall? Sure. We have been able to cut down the number of questions. So while holding the standards and the, and the basic requirements for membership uh, steady and, and even refining those a little bit, we've been able to move the questions that schools are attending to really to, to provide schools the opportunity to be more reflective about what their practice is rather than, as you say, kind of checking off boxes, really to explore what's working, where are our strengths, what do we need to and what do we want to be leaning into next. So out of the whole process really uh, comes kind of the foundation for future planning documents for, for the school, whether that's strategic planning or you know, how, however the school wants to define that forward-looking uh, planning that they want to do. Well, and since I've got you on the phone, I mean, you, so you see lots of different schools, like in, in the roles that you're playing and you yeah. have a chance to connect with lots of different schools. Um, mm-hmm. Can you maybe, you know, what are some of the kind of broader maybe themes or trends that you're seeing among schools and, sure. and, and what are schools sure. doing to, to prepare themselves for the future? Right. Well, certainly in California and in much of the nation, overall, the school age population is diminishing uh, so there are just fewer children available 
to to come to our school. So that's a challenge for uh, you know for for some schools. So looking at how we how we deal or how we adapt uh, to to those changing demographics is a big big theme for schools, as is financial health and governance health. I think those are are really kind of the big uh, three areas that that we see. There's always, um, you know, attached to to the financial stability is cost of living for our faculty, paying uh, robust enough wages so that people can can stay in and grow in their profession uh, is another area that people are looking at. And I'm really excited about the work that CIS is doing to try to enhance conversations in communities around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So part of the accreditation process is for schools to fill out um, a dashboard uh, that just kind of statistically looks at, at what's happening in the school. But into that, we've been able to, to see, well, you know, what are the, what's the makeup of, of that demographic in each of these different areas looking like, whether it's faculty, whether it's students, um, that sort of thing. And then we're going to be looking further into how can we put more questions just into the document itself that help the school reflect on um, work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and maybe in the future also around climate and, and sustainability, just what, in terms of literacy, what are schools doing to uh, bring student conversation and education forward in those areas. I, I've, I've appreciated how I think CAIS has moved into that space more in the last few years of really pushing schools um, and, and taking that leadership role across the state in, in kind of interesting ways. If you were going to offer advice to a school going through the CIS accreditation process, what would it be? Be not afraid. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's, really, what we've been, that's what we've been saying to people. So that's good. It's good to hear. Yeah, good. Just, you know, just really lean into the, into the process and know that, you know, you're not being graded. Uh, the people who are coming uh, are, are really the icing on the cake. The the real benefit of this whole process is that self study and just the kind of the, the two year arc of this whole thing. So your school and the committees and the different focus groups and the writing and the rewriting, that's the learning really for for your organization. And then what comes out of it is the validation of the accrediting team and of course the, you know eventually the kind of final stamp of, of whatever status your your school receives in terms of kind of a term of accreditation, if you will. But um, but really, it's, it's, it's something that's for you to use and, and to learn and to grow from. So Great. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you, Mary, for taking the time to talk to us and, and for sharing your wisdom. That was so helpful to hear from Mary um, about the value of accreditation and, and like the benefits of, of being in a CAIS school. Um, I certainly know that I've always valued our connection to the organization and have really felt it's a, a differentiator mm -hmm. in terms of you know helping us be the best possible version um, of ourselves. So um, before we go, why don't we should probably talk a little bit about um, next steps in the process. Yeah, we're right on the verge of some of the most exciting parts. So as Mark said, the visiting committee, which is uh, made up of five people who are coming from other independent schools in the California area are coming for three and a half days starting next Sunday, February 9th. Uh, and their work here is to spend time immersed in what the Hillbrook School experience is like for constituents um, and to um, sort of 
put that next to the self-study report that we have written and assess um, how aligned what they experience here is with what we have um, what we have reflected ourselves to be and to then share back with us what we've noticed as strengths and recommendations to really help the school develop an action plan for what's for what's next for us. Yeah, so I, you know, I've sat on a bunch of committees. As a school head, that there's an expectation that you mm -hmm. participate in these. I know you've also sat. I've sat on, on a committee, a committee um, as well as a member, not as yeah. a as a chair, and um, have sat on committees in New York as well, which has a very similar accreditation process. Yeah, I mean, it's very. I mean, as a like speaking from that end, it's mm -hmm. a, it's incredible professional development. Um, but it's also, you know, you know, the gift that these people are giving us of their yeah. time and their wisdom. Um, it really does make a difference. And and I have yet to either sit on a committee or then or receive something back where I haven't learned something. Absolutely. Um, you know, you know, as, as they provide, as they have kind of a fresh set of eyes. Mm -hmm. um, they have deep expertise in schools, and yet they don't know Hillbrook, and right. so they can bring that kind of fresh set of eyes to what that looks like. Um, so then later in the spring, so that they will then share back before they leave, they'll share back um, a set of recommendations, as, as Colleen's noted. And then later in the year, we will find out that there's actually a board of standards that receives their report um, and that we will then learn of our term of accreditation. Um, we will be optimistic. Uh, we have historically received the, the, high, the full term of accreditation. We would expect to do that again this year, but of course... Um, we will have to uh, wait to see if that happens. Um, and then probably most importantly, uh, the, those recommendations that they provide to us will then help us create an, an, an action plan next year. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, what, what you think we'll do with that? Yeah, I mean, so that we are, as you said, getting ready to wrap up Vision 2020. And so we will be, in the short term, certainly looking at the recommendations and seeing how we can take some swift action on, on pieces of those. But then um, I imagine that the recommendations will form a really solid foundation for our next strategic plan. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I, you know, one of the things, certainly as we've done with every strategic plan in the past, is we'll really look for ways to engage the entire community. Um, and so those of you listening, uh, ho hopefully uh, hopefully we've piqued your interest a little bit. And, and when we reach out back out to the broader community next year for the strategic planning process, um, you might answer our calls yeah. and, and, uh, and, and speak up and, and let us know what you're thinking and help us think through next steps as a school. Um, well, thanks, Colleen. Thanks for uh, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for um, overseeing this process. It was a it was a a huge process. Sure. Um, not done yet. No. Nope. Um, but but I think we've done the majority of the work that we have to do right. um, prior to the visit. So yep. so congratulations. You, you did a great job. And thanks. and thanks for thanks for leading it. You've been listening to Remarks and Reflections, a podcast of Hillbrook School. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can also find the Remarks and Reflections blog post at hillbrook.us another space where we are looking to connect with and engage members of our community in conversations important to our school, education, and parenting. And as always, you can find our school on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our website at hillbrook.org. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and be your best.